7 Podcast, the show that keeps you updated with the latest TV and movie news. It's a wet, wet, wet day out there today. Um, I hope you're keeping yourselves warm. My name is Andy, and I've got here with me, as usual, Jake. How's it going, Andy? Hello, everyone listening. I hope you're all wrapped up and snuggled up and listening to our podcast. Yeah, it's that season, right? It is, it's, we're coming to, we're, we're, in, we're in it now. Mm-hmm. No ice blocks, just hot coffee, hot chocolate, hot everything. Plenty of movies, plenty of TV shows to be watched. Yeah, lots to talk about. So lots Lo- to talk yeah, about. Definitely lots to talk about. Uh, but as you always, how was your weekend, D? You see anything cool? Um, yes, I did see some cool things and I will recollect what I saw um, during the show. But um, right now, because we have so much to cover... Why don't we just go right into it? We can do. I would like to say, though, again, week after week, man, Watchmen is just oh my absolutely gripping me with it. And um, obviously, no spoilers, but this last episode, episode three, if you've read the book and you're a fan of Watchmen, this was the episode for you. Yeah, this was the one with the... It was. I, did I send you... I sent you a message and I was like, this is the episode with the most... Easter eggs. Easter yeah. eggs, the most connection. In fact, if you've not seen the comics or you've not... So if you've not read the comics or the books or anything, any other external materials, you will not get this episode. It's all over the place. You won't get... Well, all, I would say all the Easter eggs. Yeah, you wouldn't get all that. I, I would say structurally, though, this is a very, very good episode. Uh, and this TV show in general is, you know, it's going up there with one of my favorite shows I've watched so far this year. And we're only three episodes in, but it's it's gripping. It's it's very much like Watchmen. The way the story is told, you can... Yeah, this is Watchmen. I think it's almost earned the name Watchmen, just in storytelling and formats, yeah. It's very unexpected, extremely raw, mm-hmm. extremely unexpected. Very political. Very political, and like we said, there are Easter eggs to the main show, but there are also Easter eggs to modern sociology and all of that. It's You're right, it's a very good show. Mm-hmm. Um, when we saw the first episode, we are like, we're not sure if this will take the place of Game of Thrones, but it's 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 up there. It's really up there, and um, I'm, I'm impressed with what's happening. Obviously, the last episode was heavy on the comics. I got it. The only part I don't yet understand, because I'm not sure if it was in the comics, is Jeremy Irons. I don't know what he represents, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but and I know there will be a reveal at the end, so I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, so obviously, I don't want to spoil it for anyone who hasn't seen, but there was a reveal at the end of that episode uh, on who we basically finally confirming who this character is. Jeremy it, Irons, yeah, yeah, Jeremy Irons, who the character he's playing. So, because up until that point, we were we suspected who he was, but it wasn't said. All right, and then obviously right at the end it said. You know what? I actually now need to watch it again because I didn't pick that up. Did you not? No, I didn't. So it's uh, don't say. Uh, it. All I'm saying is just that it's a legacy character. Okay, okay. Yeah, there were a lot of callbacks to those characters. This issue, yeah, but fact- Jeremy Irons is is one of those legacy characters, which you probably already know who it is. Uh, people listening out there, but uh, Andy, you just need to watch that. Watch last that last. Watch that last scene again. Yeah. Okay, that will make sense. Probably, yeah. Maybe I missed that, but no. So far, so good. It's yeah. um, better than I expected it to be. A lot better. It's actually no. It's it's good. I like it. It's um, it's it's of that same caliber of um the bo- not the bo- the boys. Yeah, it's got it's, yeah, it's got the sort of rawness of rawness, that. I would yeah. say it's almost got the the intellectual storytelling as well, like Westworld. Mm. It's got that sort of. It's a bit more complicated. No, oh yeah, less, less complicated than Westworld. Westworld, yeah, but it's still got for a comic book TV series. It's got a whole other layer of depth mm-hmm. that I don't think some of the others, maybe apart from Legion, yeah, uh, but I don't think any of the other comic book series have. 
Yeah. So if you're watching it as a standalone, like just you've not you do not you do not know anything about the comics and all of that, and you're watching it as a standalone, you can still do that. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, apart from the last episode, but one and two, you can totally do all of that. But I see where the story is going. I I I. I this is not based on what they've shown, but based on how I know how writers. I see where yeah, they're going I, with the I story. I mean, I thought that as well, but at the same time, I'm like, no, I don't want to get my expectations too high or kind of see where it's going because at the end of the day, it is Damon Lindelof, Lindelof mm-hmm. who did Lost. Yeah, and if, and we we know anything about Lost is that you think, oh, it's going one way, and then it completely changes its head, which is true. And and that's and for me, that's good storytelling where you think you know where it's going. And then it takes a completely different direction, and I think this show could do that. We shall see. But uh, if you've if you've not seen Watchmen, go and watch it. It's really, really, really good. We yeah. highly recommend it on this show. Yeah, over obviously over in America, you've got it on HBO. Over in UK, you've got it on Sky yeah. and now TV. Yeah, perfect. Cool. So we'll kick off into the first segment of the show, and that is the movie and TV news. Well, gentlemen, you had my curiosity, but now you have my attention. So, Andy, our first topic of the day is a bit of a sour note, if I may say so. Uh, And that is a Nigerian film called Lionheart has been disqualified from the Oscar contention. Okay. And the reason for this disqualification is because that the language spoken in the film was English, because this film has been submitted for the International Film Award. Mm -hmm. And they said because there's English in it, it cannot be classed as an international film right uh so andy i'm gonna let you pretty much take direction on this one because i know you have a lot to say about this so go ahead what what do you think so i mean the first thing i'd say is um what's the official language of nigeria it's english so the official language of nigeria is english so they submit a film in english and it's rejected so are they so that therefore nigeria can never um, Nigeria can never have a film in the Oscars then. That's what it sounds like. Unless you go back to your uh, ancient language, like, there, there which is, is ridiculous. Yeah, it is. Because let me tell you a bit about Nigeria. Nigeria is um, it's not actually one country. It's m- more like three countries put together. They were amalgamated together and in about 1914. And that because of the whole British thing. It was two countries. There was the North and the South. And for some reason, they put them all together. And the only, so it's three different countries, so to speak, speaking three different languages, and they were all joined together by the British. And therefore, the only thing that unites every, everybody in Nigeria is the English language. That's how people communicate. That's how they can be called one nation, because there is that language that, com- that com- joins them all together. Now, Nigeria is a huge country. One in every 10 black people on the planet is Nigerian. Did you know that? I did not know that. Yeah, that's how much many they are. And I don't know, most people know at least one Nigerian. Do you know Do you know any Nigerian person? Apart from- um, I mean, apart from yourself, Andy, um, I, I don't know, Like, I'm not like sort of particularly friends with Nigerians, but I've known Nigerians in my life. Yeah. The next question I was going to ask is, any Nigerian know what language does he speak? It's going to be English. It's English, yeah. And I've watched the film the Oscars are complaining about. It's not like they were speaking English, American English. They were not trying to sound American. They were not trying to sound British. They were speaking the the English you would speak if you went to Nigeria. In their accent. In their accent. And 
it's not even so much the language, the story that is being told in that film gives you an insight into how life is in Nigeria. So you remember we're talking outside the show, and I think I've said it a couple of times here, that if people do not understand a topic, it's because there are not enough films about it. So Nigerians come together in Hollywood, which is the film industry in Nigeria, they put this film together saying, hey, this is what we do, this is what it's like, and we're going to say it in our official, quote-unquote, official language. And the Oscars rejects it. Now, I don't know what they were thinking, but this is just a terrible move. I suspect, I suspect that it, there is more to this. I think this has to do, might have something to do with the fact the film is already on Netflix. And they don't, you know, they still have that problem and all of that. So I think there is more to it. And Nigerian, the Nigerian filmmaker is just collateral damage. It's part of an ongoing battle between the Academy and um, Net, and the Academy and Netflix. Mm-hmm. The in Hollywood in general, in yeah. general, and Netflix and you know and all of that. I think that's where it's coming because if you start giving out these awards, I mean, where does it stop? So, um, yeah, I mean, it's a terrible move. I just think it's um, they've allowed the conflict with Netflix to spread. And now these are collateral damage. Because Le Miserable, it was, it's, it's not an English film, is it? No, it's not. No, well, it's, it's a French, French story. It's a French story, but it won an Oscar. What, what, what language was it in? English. It was in English and it won Oscars. So what are you telling me? You know, do you not see the hypocrisy in that? So, um, without you know, we don't want to go into much. We don't want to speculate and call names and assume that the Academy... On this show, I've been very complimentary to the Academy because um, they have taken a cue from the big conspiracy they had years ago where they said, Oscar so white. I, I'm one of the people that believe Hollywood really accepted they had done wrong and they've been doing things to make it right. So, I'm not going to suddenly um go against them because of this film but i think it's just a very wrong wrong decision it doesn't make sense english is the official language of nigeria every single nigerian speaks english it's the language if you go to nigeria you're not going to hear people speaking yoruba or Igbo or hausa or Efik or ibibu or akwaibom they are going to be speaking english so um the academy i think has got it wrong here on this one yeah, uh, I'm totally with you, totally on board with you. I think they've got it wrong. And it's not just as well. It, it, the way I look at it is for the bigger picture as well. So, yes, this is a problem with the Nigeria, but other, there's other African countries, you know, who were colonized by other people. Like, plenty of African countries, their main language is French. No, English and French. English yes. and French. So are you going to say the same for those countries as well? That because their film is spoken in French... It's, it's disqualified. Exactly. So it, it, this is a very wobbly line that the Oscars are holding on towards. Now, going back to what you said about the Oscars So Whites. Now, when that first came out, I was on the camp of, like, I don't actually think it's the Academy's fault. I think it's more Hollywood's fault because the, the Academy can only judge on what's there. Do you, know, do you know, see where I'm coming from? And it's actually Hollywood's fault that they're not outputting enough content with people of the ethnic minority and stuff like that. That's on Hollywood's part. Now, Hollywood has changed in the last few years now. We are seeing like a, a better f- movement. Representation, yeah. Representation and diversity and all that. Uh, but this one, for, for me, this is actually the Academy's fault. This one is it's almost like we're taking two steps forward, but one step back here. Yeah. 
so it's and I I do think there's a lot more to it than justice. I agree with you. I think there is something there with the whole Netflix thing. You know that the academy is still. I would say some members are still probably thinking a bit old school mm -hmm. and you know ignoring where the future of entertainment is now. Exactly. You know, Finn is Nigerian. Finn. Uh, Finn, uh, <laughs> but yeah, oh yeah, uh, yeah, John Boyega. John Boyega. He's yeah. a Nigerian guy. Yeah. Shinwe to Ejofor is Nigerian as well. You know, all these people we see, or there are a lot of Nigerians we see on screen speaking fluent English, like it's their, because it's their language. Because it's their language. So um, the academy has got it wrong, and it's. You know, it's not just this, but there was a point you mentioned about being old-fashioned. And some of these laws that that were set up hundreds of years ago, they have expired. They are now an inconvenience. Then exactly. The I mean, the academy is what over a hundred years old. Yeah, it's it's sort of the same thing I was saying to you offline. Um, Americans they still vote on Tuesdays because of when the election started 100 and something years, maybe 200 years ago. Now, because of the way the world has evolved, that same law that was used to help is now a hindrance. And somehow, people in authority, like the Oscars now, they just can't seem to switch and be like, yo, the world has Adapt, changed. Yeah. Adapt, yeah. Yes, naturally, English isn't the language of Nigeria. Naturally, they have Igbo, Yoruba, they have different languages. But obviously, the English influence, they came in there and made it part of their colony and English now became the lingua yeah, but, franca. But exactly. But as of now, mm -hmm. that is the official language. Exactly. It doesn't matter what happened so many hundreds of years ago. Now, that is the language they speak. Exactly. So you need to ad adjust your rules to meet now. In the 60s, when the Oscars or the Academy stared these awards, you know, then... It wasn't traveling like you could traveling what air the world wasn't as closely no it wasn't yeah, so it was very hard so to see an international film speaking english because the world was just different but now with the way we travel the way people migrate immigration and the internet and everything language is not no longer what it used to be it doesn't belong to a particular location anymore language is more more fluid, especially the English language. Exactly, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. So, um, yeah, I think you're right. There, we, we, I think we, we, I really think we're around the same ballpark in the sense that there is a deeper story and the official verbiage is that mm -hmm. it's because of English, but that's not the reason. The guys in the academy are more clever than that and they know this would cause a backlash. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. I, I, I don't think this story is over either. I think there's more to come from this story uh, because we have now um, Ava du uh, Duvernay spearheading this thing. And you know what type of... Uh, she's a very political director, but she's a fantastic director. And, you know, she's also very powerful in, in, in the industry. She knows how to sort of steer, you know, move things in the right direction. So yeah, but, but here's the thing. The prob this is the feeling of... the film industry in Nigeria. It's called the Nollywood. They don't think they matter to Hollywood. Mm -hmm. I, because, so for example, there was, um, I don't know if you've seen this film, Concussion by Will Smith. Uh, yes, where he plays the football coach. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the doctor. He plays yeah, the doctor. The, doctor. Now, yeah, yeah. the real story, that guy is a Nigerian guy. Mm -hmm. So Will Smith, on in that film, he had this over-exaggerated accent. He was trying to sound Nigerian and the way he was you were, it was too, it was over-exaggerated and that really upset a lot of people in Nigeria and they were like, this is not what we sound like. Why couldn't they just 
get at least the Nigerian? Why couldn't they get Ch- Chiwetel Jeffo? At least let it be like we have a Nigerian playing a role by a Nigerian. So the current feeling there right now is that the academy really doesn't care about us. So they don't feel like, and you know, God bless her for what's um, Ava? A- Ava, yeah. God bless her for standing up for what she for saying what she said. But it will take a lot more stars to come yeah. in on board. No, I, I agree with that. But what I'm saying is that Ava is a good person that a lot of people look up to. Yeah. And they can f- soon follow in her yeah. in her footsteps like, I mean, to continue this movement forward. It will be nice if Chiwetu or John Boyega and all these other Nigerian artists that have made a name that still identify with Nigeria. It will be nice if they came out and supported the, f- the filmmaker. Because the film is really, it's it's on Netflix. It's really good. I've seen it. The production value is very good. It, they, 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 it's, and it's a very relevant story about what happens in a family when the breadwinner, the man dies and how his wealth is dispersed and all of that. Really nice story. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I haven't had the chance to check it out, but. I'm gonna check it out on your right, especially now after all this. So I'm definitely gonna check this movie out. Yeah. Yeah, it's not it's not a terrible movie. It's it's, it's a movie that's actually stood a chance. Mm-hmm. So it's not like a movie. You know, I don't know if you've seen those <laughs> those um, films on Facebook, like where they're trying to do Avengers and they have. Oh crap. yeah. 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 It's not one of those movies. This one is a film that actually had a chance. Mm-hmm. So a lot was going on. A lot of people were really rooting for this film. Then to have it thrown back at you for no reason for nothing, no reason, something you had nothing to do. It's almost like we are being, it's almost like the Nigerians are being punished for being colonized. But let's not go there. (laughs) Yeah, that's a a topic for another time, I think, Andy. So let's move on to uh, the next story. And again, it's not, in my opinion, not particularly great news. Uh, And that is Fantastic Beast 3. Uh, It's getting, it got a new co-writer. Uh, and the filming now officially begins for spring 2020. Uh, there's two parts to this story, so let's focus on this first part. Mm-hmm. So I'll briefly explain like the, the backlog of this. So you know, Fantastic Beast One first comes out. I enjoyed it. I had I actually had it, it not as it's it was better than some of the Harry Potter movies, but not as good as some of the the really good ones that they put out there. But I had fun with it. The second one. I wasn't partic- I was very confused by it. There, there was a lot of things in my that were very wrong with that film, uh, and I wasn't the only one. It did get a lot of critical and fan backlash okay. uh, of almost the story and mythology was go- sort of going a bit beyond J.K. Rowling, and we were all like, "Ooh, I think you need to rein it in a bit." Um, so, production on this movie was delayed for you know rewrites on where this franchise was going. But was JK involved? Yeah, she was the writer. Okay. She's the writer. Uh, so Warner Brothers, after the reception of this last one, was sort of like, ah, oh, we sort of, it look, doesn't look like uh, the people are taking to this too kindly. So it looks like they got a new uh, co-writer involved to change things up a bit. So the co-writer is going to work with JK Rollins, of course. Yes. Right. She's been, uh, she's been very quiet on Twitter. Like, she's been extremely quiet. And... She's normally, apart from writing and all that, she's very political. She, you know, we all know what she believes in politically. But in this season, she's been extremely quiet. So I think... Busy doing this. Very busy, yeah. She's been very busy probably working on this. So, um, I mean... Yeah, I mean, for me, there's two sides to this story. On on one hand, 
Yeah, I can see why Warner Brothers would um, want to, you know, maybe shake things up a bit or maybe try and, or in their eyes, fix a, a couple of things due to the last movie. I can understand why they would want to do that. On the other hand, what we don't want is another DC situation where very much what happened with Batman vs Superman, the critics are like, ah, oh, this movie is, is bad. A lot of the fans were not too keen on it. And Warner Brothers were very reactive. Oh, we need to change things up a bit. We need to make it more like Avengers and Marvel and all that. And then look what happened to that. So I, I think there's also an element of that, like be careful because we don't want another situation like that. Well, they get too involved. There are times where that has worked, where the backlash has inspired change that worked. There are times, like you said, that it hasn't worked. Um, I've I've seen all the Harry Potter movies, but I've never followed it as a story. Mm -hmm. So the, the Crimes of Grindelwald, the Grindelwald, sorry, was the first one. So when these new films were coming, I said to myself, I was okay. I'm going to understand this. Um, I'm going to understand this. This three movies. To me, now this is me that doesn't have any background history. I've seen all the movies, but it didn't make sense to me. To me, everything looked okay. I got it. It made sense to me. So I don't know what the problem is with the second one, but if you guys that actually know the story say something is wrong, then okay, we'll yeah, believe Yeah, I it. mean, I'm not a huge Potterhead. Like, you know, I, I, I've read all the books, watched all the movies plenty of times over, and I enjoy them. But I'm not deep into the, you know, the lore. Into there's other people who are much more mm. deep into that than I am. Like I'm Star Wars is sort of my thing, and Lord yeah. of the Rings, and um, but I enjoy them for what they are. But like even from some really diehard Potter fans, you're getting a bit of both. You're getting oh yeah, I thought it was okay, but then you're getting some other people sort of like when the prequels came out, mm. like oh they're trying to do all this and make the universe smaller and everybody's got to be related to something and it's sort of and from from that from their point of view i can kind of see it mm. like yeah so I, I had my gripes about the second one it's not a bad film it's not a bad film but i had it it still had a lot of problems for me does this see, does it look like the story is being taken away from jk i think there's a little bit of that yeah right because um in the other report the second part of this story is what i was saying about them what they did with DC was like, oh, we need to make it more Marvel because that's what the people like. Mm. So what they have, what the report says, they're trying to feature more Hogwarts and more Dumbledore in the franchise. Yeah. So it's almost like that's what the people like. Let's put more of that in there. You see, that's, I think this is part of what I was saying to you before the show that um, sometimes when you have too much money, it becomes a problem. I mean, we're looking at Joker, the most profitable comic book film ever. Yeah, we'll get into that a bit yeah, later. But yeah, but you can see the fact that so maybe what would have really helped the whole thing was to just keep it small and don't try and make it this marvel cinematic universe and just try and keep it stay true to that first couple of films that were really good but maybe that's what's happening yeah, here i mean i totally get it i can see why they would want to do that familiarity you know and it gives people nostalgia mm. but at the same time you know th these new franchise of films it has been dubbed the wizarding world right so you know in that title alone i want to see them go everywhere you know it's a whole world full of witches and and, and wizards and you know all these fantastic beasts you know <laughs> pun intended mm -hmm. um because you know the first one took place in Par uh, no, in America. Yeah. And the second one took place in Paris. Paris, yes. I, let's go somewhere else. You know, that's for me. That's what's more exciting. Yeah, maybe. What if I ruled the world? What I, I've had. I've already had. Sorry to cut you in, but I've already had 
eight movies of Hogwarts mm. with Harry Potter. Yeah. Let's sort of go somewhere Expand else. the universe. Yeah. I think what if I ruled well, I'll just say um, everything Everything doesn't have to be a big blockbuster. No. I mean, have be like Star Wars. Have a miniseries here or a cartoon here or, or you know, expand it beyond this cinematic universe that takes three, four years to make and only for it to... Because they've put so much to making the film, whatever backlash they receive, they have to pump in more money to yeah. cover that whole... Because they said from the get-go, we're going to do five movies. Oh. And after two, it's already like, oh, we need to change things now. Like, Yeah, I don't think that's a good model. I, I just hope that now that, you know, we'll get into that later, but I just hope that now that um, Joker has come out and it's, hit, it's opened everybody's eyes, everybody can now see that if you kind of strip away the CGI and everything and you just invest in a damn good story, people will flock to the cinemas to support your product. Mm -hmm. So I think that's what I hope that's one of the um, things we learn from the success yeah. of that. Of, uh, well, we shall see. Um, another last thing I'd like to point out about this, though, is that going to what you said about expanding elsewhere other than blockbusters, I wouldn't be surprised now with HBO Max if they do a series in the Wizarding World. Yeah, I, I can see that as I well. I can see that happening. Yeah, it's almost inevitable. Yeah. It's yeah. almost yeah. It's almost yeah. Yeah. Why wouldn't you exactly. do that? Like, yeah. Yeah. what's stopping you now? Yeah, because you know Warner Brothers, their two biggest franchises is DC and Harry Potter. Mm. You know, like Disney has Marvel and Star Wars. Mm. Okay, They've, that's uh, their they, thing. That's, that's their. Those are those two big tent holes. So Harry Potter is their Star Wars. Almost, yeah. Ah man, of course there will be a series. Of course there will be. I just want it to be. Yeah, but you, I say this though. But how can you have a wizard magic and not have to over? have oversaturated with cgi but you say that but look at the mandalorian how could you have this big epic galactic adventure on small scale they seem to have done it yeah they, you know so that's the kind of thing i'm talking about you know just rein it in just rein it in and just tell a good story and just let the it's all about the story these days now it's all about the stories and there's this specific type of stories that are making waves now but i mm. think that's something we'll talk about so a bit later on yeah. okay so the next story is uh channing tatum we all know him funny guy yep he is making his directorial debut with a road trip comedy movie and it's called dog hmm. now i like the sound of this because i like channing tatum i actually think i i really like him as an actor sure he he, he, some of his like drama stuff could be better but as a comedian actor he's fantastic and if he wants to take this road into a director now all the better for him of course yeah you know it's it's the, it's same. the natural progression it's the natural progression in foot, in football you got you have players who become coaches in companies you have mds who become vps and um, ceos so you know it's a natural progression i just hope he does a good job and um, he can bring his experience on board. Yeah, uh, from the report here, he says that... Uh, uh, so he's going to be co-directing the film with Reed Carolyn. Who's that? Uh, so she's produced and written many of t uh, Tatum's hits, including Magic Mike and Logan Lucky. Okay. So they've got a good relationship there. Uh, the two. The, so they also wrote the script together. And they also, one of Tatum's longtime friends, Brett Rodriguez, also helped along with the writing. Uh, and it also says it sounds more tonally complicated than your average road trip comedy, with its plot's description promising to explore themes of grief, redemption, and PTSD. Hmm. Interesting. 
I mean, I like a good road trip movie. Who who doesn't like? That? I love a road trip. Yeah, movie. who doesn't like that? You know, I, I kind of do. So, yeah, bring it on. I I wish him luck. All the best to him. We'll keep an eye. We'll definitely keep an eye. And so the next big story is the Batman has the cast is ever expanding. Now this is not confirmation, uh, but we have heard rumblings that there are talks going on that two people are joining the cast, and the first one is Andy Circus. Not as the Penguin, and as a lot of people kind of thought he would, uh, he would, but as Alfred Pennyworth, Bruce's butler. I mean, I, I, I don't see it, but Andy Serkis is is up there as he's a genius. He's, he's a genius. He's, he, he's a fantastic he's actor. Genius. So I don't. How see good it. was he in Black Panther? Uh, oh man, I, it's I, just I was, yeah. yeah. Like I was so sad he died. I, you know, I could watch a series of that of just that of character. just that guy Claw. Yeah. Yeah. He was so good in Black Panther. I no, he was one of the best villains. Short-lived, but he was a very good villain. They had a, some villain problems in that universe, but he was quite good. He was very good. So he's a genius. So if he's accepted this role, then I'm sure he's going to do exactly. Justice. Now, you say you may not be able to see it. Mm. Uh, at first, it, it took me by complete surprise because I would, I would never have put this two together. But then I was thinking about it, like really th- sitting and thinking about it, and thinking of Patterson as Batman. And then I'm like, no, I can see I can see this. I can definitely see this. Because Patterson is younger. Yeah. So Andy Serkis, Alfred, would naturally be a bit younger. He wouldn't be like the Michael Caine type of figure that we're sort of used to, the older. Uh, and I can... I can uh, Andy Serkis is a funny guy as well. Yeah, of course. He's, yeah. a, he's, a, he's quite good with, with his comedy beats and stuff. And what a lot of people, I think, underestimate in Alfred is how funny he can be. Oh, really? Yeah. Alfred's always, you know, he's always, like, slaying Bruce. He does take the piss out of him He takes the piss out of him in very dry, British, witty Mm humour style. Sarcastic. Sarcastic sort of thing. And, you know, in the comics and the animated series, I love Alfred because of his sarcasm and his wit. So I can kind of see it with Andy Serkis. I I think this is a good role. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. So this film is kind of... um it's shaping up, shaping up, shaping yeah. up. The, the right people are coming on board. You know, I want to be wrong. I, you know, I don't know this guy. Who, um, sorry, what's um, Batman himself? Um, oh, Patterson. Patterson. I don't know how good a Batman he'll be. He does have the jaw for it. He's got the look. <laughs> He's got the look for it. But um, everything is shaping up. Let's fingers crossed because I really want a good Batman movie. Oh, so do I. And I, I think we're shaping up to have a good one. Yeah. Uh, but the next uh, supposed casting is one that I'm a bit... This one I have a bit more of a question mark over. And that is Colin Farrell mm. in Talks to Play the Penguin. Yeah. Um, that one, like you with uh, Circus and Alfred, that one I can't particularly see. Yeah, because Penguin is very American, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I mean, Colin Farrell. I'm sure he's played American roles before. I mean, I don't see the Penguin is a big-bellied. Yeah, I mean, uh, that I'm not worried about. Okay, I'm not worried about that because you know, at the end of the day, he could always put on weights or he could put a fat suit on or whatever. Do you know what I mean? The magic of movie making. Yeah, uh, it's just this role for him. I don't really see. I've never seen Colin Farrell in this type of role. This sort of um, gangster. Of, 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 Basically, you know, this crime lord. He plays a very good villain. He can play a good villain. So, but yeah, I don't know. So it depends on what. I could be wrong. Yeah, it, it looks to me that they are going for a different version of Penguin. It doesn't look like they're going for the fat guy with the 
glasses and the funny hat and the cigar. Yeah. Looks like they're going for a different tone. Maybe it'll be an Irish gangster kind of penguin. That could work as well. I mean, yeah, look, if, if they want to do that, I'm all for it. You know, it's the history of comic books. You know, you reinterpret the character into the way you want to. But I just hope, yeah, that, that I'm all good with them doing a new version, but keep the core of who that character is. Yeah, yeah. It's the same with any exactly, any yeah. any character uh, legacy character. You yeah, know? you know that's why you were so, you, you know I, I remember you saying when they were trying to play that Joker is actually Batman's brother. You were like, oh my god, I hope they don't do it. Yeah. So yeah, that would have been too far away from the character themselves. Yeah. So as long as they don't do anything that extreme, you're we're okay with it, right? Yeah, I'm okay. That's why I don't want them to go too extreme in that way. Uh, but yeah, as you said before, this movie is t- shaping up. I'm so excited for it. Uh, if rumors are true, they're going to start shooting very soon. Uh, it's for that 2021 release, July. Wow, a Batman movie in 2021. Oh, my Summer God. blockbuster. Yeah. I really want DC to pick up and just get their games. And together. I hope, like what we've seen with Joker, I hope that, I do kind of hope that this Batman film and the supposed trilogy of this film is its own thing, is its own story. I suspect they've called the writers back to the writers' room and they've asked them to connect Joker to this. Ooh, no, I don't see that happening. I don't see... I, I, I mean, I, 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 can, I can see definitely... I mean, I, I can't see how you do a Batman trilogy without having Joker in it. I can't see the Joaquin Phoenix Joker being attached to this, though. Just because of the big age difference as well. They will find a way. They will. What if they say that Joaquin Phoenix was a version of Joker and he inspired another version of Joker? I don't know, man. You, they could say anything. Yeah, you, you could. You could do something like that. I just don't think tonally, the Joker movie. I think tonally is going to be very different to what Matt Reeves' Batman movies are going to be. I mean, as we, we we always say, we shall see. But I just feel that we've not heard the last. The, you know what they have shareholders and these guys are are looking at their balance books and they're like whoa we have this gold mine what they may do is do a hiatus they don't talk about it for maybe like after the second movie at the end of the second movie then um, this guy just turns up at post-credit scenes or something like that but i am certain those conversations have happened They've probably happened Mm, because none of them um, the director todd phillips and um, joaquin phoenix none of them outrightly put said they will not do a do, sequel do a yeah. sequel yeah. you know so if everything is right i think we'll see this again but it's gonna be yeah. hard it's, it's, it's gonna be yeah. hard I, i'm still on the fence with that i like I, i'm still in the camp of i don't want a sequel yeah for me the beauty of that film is that it's one and done yeah is he gonna work? are they gonna make him lose weight again that's what i mean it's it's not not just you don't it's not just a role you can just step into hmm. it's for, for Joaquin Phoenix, it was a tough role, mentally and physically. So yeah. it's not. It's hard to do it twice, yeah. right? Yeah, and I and you know Joaquin as well. He never does sequels. Mm. He's that mm. type of actor. He's a original, new, give me a new story mm-hmm. type of actor. Mm-hmm. He's a real actor. He's a real actor. Yeah, an actor's actor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is. He is. I'm. I mean, right from when we first saw him in Gladiator, like he's just grown to be somebody else it's crazy and, um, isn't it yeah i really really happy for him but no i t- now that th- the more you t- you say it and you're making a lot of sense i can actually yeah i'm putting doubts on my certainty now based on some of the things you've said like yeah. yeah that's what i mean i think there's a lot of things at stake i definitely think there's some to- top executives at warner brothers that are like we need to make a sequel mm-hmm. but i think there's also other parties that are like mm, 
the reason why this works is because it was one. One, yeah. Well, we shall see. We, we shall, shall see. see. Yeah. Uh, okay, so a, another kind of big story that broke the news this week, which got everybody riled up in the industry, is that James Dean, an iconic movie star who died in 1955 at the very young age of 24, mm. um, but he apparently is being digitally resurrected for a CGI performance, um, and it's for a, f a Vietnam-era action film called Finding Jack. I'm actually loving it. Do you? I'm actually loving it. No, I don't. Just for a second, stay with me here. Stay go go with ahead. Me. You play the devil's advocate yeah. in this one. Yeah. So let's, for a second, put away the whole cynical, pay respects to the dead, you know, I mean, disrespectful or anything. But man, if this kicks on, if this movie works and it makes a lot of money, therefore they will invest in that technology that was used to make this movie. If that works, do you know what we'll start seeing in the future? We'll start seeing films that actually look like the real thing. So we'll want to see an Abraham Lincoln movie. They will actually get somebody that actually looks like Abraham Lincoln, you know? So I'm not loving it because of this film. I'm loving it because of the industry that this film could open up. So that's actually why I'm loving it. So yes, I there is that question of disrespecting the dead. I know in Star Wars, they didn't want to do that for Carol Fisher and all of that. Yes, and that's true. If that's the path you want to take, that's very good. But I think we should just open that back door and just allow some people to experiment with it, you know? Okay, so this is I think this is a big topic because, yes, I agree with you in some sense because me, I'm very much in favor of pushing technology to limitations to push Hollywood forward, to see what we can do with new technology. That was George Lucas's whole thing, you know? What you know, he had a quote saying that if it's impossible, it means we can do it. Oh, I love that. That's I've never heard that before. George Lucas Whoa. always used to say that if it's impossible, it means we can do it. Yeah, wow. So, yeah, he George always used to say that, especially during the prequels, you know, when that was he was pushing technology's limits. So, Oof. in that sense, I'm all happy that they're looking at this sort of thing because I mean, if you could make him look real, I mean, wow, I mean, the first sort of uh time we were sort of introduced to this was in Star Wars, it was in Rogue One yep. with uh, Grand Moff Tarkin. So we know that um, he passed away. Yep. But at that, when I first saw that film, at very first shot, after my eyes adjusted, but that very first shot, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. I, I, it, it just took, wait, he's dead. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, oh, okay, I see what they've done here. And it was done to, to good effect. But it was a small role. And it, and it made sense for that movie to have that character in there. Now, this is where I have the problem um, on two fronts. One, it goes to the whole bigger picture of we should let these people be at peace. You know, they've already given us a body of work, which are probably, is probably fantastic. Let these people rest. Like, they just leave it. There's no, I don't think there's a necessity to do it. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? I, I don't think there's any need to do it. Well, okay, so here's the thing. You say let them rest in peace. But what is peace? How are you not sure that James Dean would have wanted to live on? We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. But th th this is that that paints a bigger bigger picture of of what is morally right to do. You know that goes into more like human psyche and stuff like that. But then on the other side of the thing, on more the business side, how 
the a actors themselves, do you know what I mean? Now, f going back to the Tarkin role, there was an actual actor who had like this um, device on his face where, yeah. you know, digitally mapped his face. And, and that's fine for that role. And that, but we can't get to a point where actors are just, am I playing? Nobody's seeing me. They're seeing this other person that's they're portraying on my face. Uh, so it's not really getting my full acting capabilities. And I know what you mean where we could create real life people, but like, what does that do to the acting industry? I mean, there is a stunt double industry. You yes, know? Yeah, so, I know. And there's, and there's also digital doubles. Yes. Yeah, so I get that. But, uh, you know, at what point, what line? There has to be a line, I think. Well, there has to be a line. Morally. Like, the, in, yeah, yeah. There has to be a line, but I don't think we are close to that line. I think the line isn't don't do it at all. The line is do it, then maybe along the line we'll find a, an area where we shouldn't cross. But I think we're putting the you. I think you're putting the line a bit too early. Mm -hmm. Let us get in the room and tell us we can't touch the TV and the videos and all of that. So let let's just get in and do it because, man, if this works out, do you know what we'll be seeing in ten years time? Oh yeah, I can't imagine it'll be crazy. Even in Hollywood, you look at the de aging technology that we've seen now and very well done in the Marvel movies. Yep. Uh, ten years ago, you would have thought what? Exactly. You can make that guy look twenty years younger. Yep. Which is crazy and yeah. and well and you can actually it's not just a bit of makeup you're like no they look 20 years younger like yeah i mean look at one of our favorite videos on the internet um scene 38 reimagined yeah you watch that and the the guy digitally input um, puts um Alleginous. Alleginous, magnus's face on on the character and that was man and this is just a guy in his bedroom with no money yeah that's what doing it do. out of love yeah. just doing it out of love so imagine where that same guy would be in 20 years his version that's if the version of a guy sitting in his bedroom doing this for love imagine what that version of that person would be in 20 years the kind of stuff they'll be producing if this technology goes mainstream you know so when I say, yeah, it has to go mainstream, then it's democratized, then everybody can now have it. I really think it's going to be, I think it's a big deal. I think no, I think it's a nobody big deal. should, nobody should, um, no one should stand in its way. That's what I think. I think I agree. Nobody, nothing should stand in its way. But I also think we also need to be cautious on how we use this technology. Uh, don't abuse it as we always say use don't abuse yeah exactly which is true because that's that happens a lot with exactly technology. and we also it happens a lot with technology and it happens a lot in hollywood yes as we know yeah where you know if something is very successful overload it with that that's what the people want because that's what makes money yeah when it's been proven that when you oversaturate something it loses its, you value. Loses its value and that's why I, you know i always complain about big massive cgi movies it's that because you're absolutely correct. It's CGI first started with a very small, just put an explosion here or put some smoke here. That's how it started. Now we're having entire movies shot in a, you know. So yeah, you're absolutely correct. We need to tread cautiously. Mm -hmm. So the next story is a new screen movie is in the. Oops, sorry there. A new screen movie is in the works, Andy. Uh, so. Are you a fan of the original Scream movie? The, the, first, the first one, the, Scream by Wes Craven. Yes. First one, uh, even the second one, yes. Yeah, great movie. I th Again, it's one of my favorite horror movies. It, I think it was actually one of the first horror movies I watched growing up. Okay. Because it was in that time. When did it, it was the 90s. 90s. 95? 
I can't remember now, but it was definitely in the 90s, mid to late 90s. So that was my era growing up. So I remember watching that. And what I loved about this film was that it played on the classic horror movie tropes. Yeah. Because the, the, the characters in the movie were like, oh, don't go upstairs. There's going to be a killer there. And they're all making fun of mm -hmm. horror movies within a horror movie yeah. which I loved yeah you know one of the most iconic scenes I mean it's one of the most underrated scenes in Hollywood is set is the first scene in Scream the opening scene yeah, yeah with the phone and she was talking to the guy I mean people don't talk about how well executed that scene was, how we built the tension and I think it was that that scene that just made the movie a success and the twist in the end that was just what made the movie a success and um man it was really good it opened up a whole new it i think it was that film that resurrected the slasher it was it was the slasher genre was sort of dead yeah by that point you know it was sort of this is all the same mm, exactly uh, but, and and that movie played on that fact that all the slasher movies were sort of the same it was it was it was a horror movie but there was an element of comedy there as well yeah it was and people we could relate to and the villain wasn't some it was one of their friends it was exactly it was the first time we were seeing the villain was different it wasn't some psychopath somewhere yeah who just was playing along people. the whole time exactly yeah. it was really good i loved the first one and i even loved the the sequel the second yeah, one yeah but then they made a third one and they made a fourth one yeah and they made a couple of tv shows as well so it got a bit out of hand but with this one, we have Spyglass Media Group has snapped up the rights. So it's a completely different production company doing this. Um, it's unclear whether they're going to do a sequel, like so a fifth one or a total reboot. Um, my thoughts is I think you should maybe do um, like a legacy sequel. So play very similar to Halloween. So what I would do is I would get uh, Neve Campbell back as what's other character? Sydney from the first one I would get bring her back mm, yeah uh, so almost like a Halloween type of thing or a Terminator Dark Fates bring back Sarah Connor that sort of type of thing to br give us that little bit of nostalgia of the first one mm. but let's and but open it up to new characters yeah, yeah. What, so um, what's the name of the production house again Spyglass Media Group I, I think they'll mess it up we don't know do I, we? We, we totally don't know and I, prep, I want to be wrong but man, this is, I don't think they were like, oh, we have a screen movie. We need to write a screen movie. Let's go get the rights. It's more, it fell on our laps. And we we, must, we well, don't know. We don't know. We, we, don't. we don't know. And I actually, yeah. ho I actually hope I'm wrong. Yeah. I hope, <laughs> it's a, I, hope, I hope it's a good reboot, sequel, whatever they want to do. Because I, I love the first one so much. Ah, it was so. so good. I'm not, I'm keeping, I'm holding my breath for this Oh, one. yeah, as well. Yeah, very much like I was for Halloween, though. I was like, ugh, if you, history has proven all the Halloween sequels have yep. been terrible. And whoa. And then that came out. So, and, yeah. Yeah, and remember, I was also critical of Joker. I was saying Joker would be yeah, terrible. Me at da, the da, beginning da. as well. Yep. And perfect segue onto that is to Joker. Uh, and we briefly spoke about this earlier, but it is officially the most profitable comic book movie of all time not domestic gross you know all m profitable so it has currently as we're uh, doing this show it is at 955 million dollars no doubt it'll be a bit more by the end of the weekend uh but that's if the rumors are true that the budget was 55 million give or take marketing costs i would say seven to eight hundred million dollars profit eight hundred million 
close to a billion in pro- just profits <laughs> for a film they never green they almost didn't greenlit yeah the right. film that was sort of like okay just make this movie and leave us alone <laughs> 800 million in profit i am so proud of this film i feel like i'm part of it i'm so proud of this because this was an actual film what i mean by that is this film it was a people went in and they performed there was acting there was everything it was and they just performed gave their best performance and they're being rewarded for it there was no gimmick no cgi no tricks no post-credit scene to hook us into something we are not prepared for it was just outright everybody bring your a game on set you have a talented director and a beautiful cinematographer mash those all up together and just do a good film don't overspend don't overpay don't put in a cast because you want to attract um don't bring in a talent because you want to attract his fans so you just cast this person everybody that was there was there for a purpose everybody was well casted and it's just a good movie and just to see that this film has made more money than all the other marvel or spy all the profit wise that is yeah but when i say made more money that's what i mean it has made more money than all of them it's just um it's just it's just a good feeling it is it is and you know it's deserving because this film is a very very good film you know i it's still my favorite film of the year um and yeah it's it's profitable but still at the even though it's more profitable than the marvel movies just the figure alone 955 is huge you know that's more than a lot of marvel movies earn in general mm. like in there and they've got bigger budgets yeah so you know it outperformed ant-man and you know some of the earlier thor movies and and stuff like that so i've noticed that um so is it now is are we now in the age of the anti-hero I, well, I wouldn't say we're in the age of the anti-hero i would say we're in the age of let's see what else is out there right what, like very much like the boys mm. and stuff what else can comic books offer us yeah and this is like because we've gone through i think to to get to where we are now we had to go through the marvel universe we needed to have the superheroes and the you know the standard light versus dark sort of battles yeah but i think now that we've seen that and we've seen endgame how can you go beyond that you make things smaller and you also look at different aspects of storytelling within comic books mm. because comic books as i've always said it's not a genre it's a medium mm. like film mm. and within that medium you have loads of different genres mm. you're absolutely correct that's um that's a good way i've never seen it that way but yeah that's yeah i agree with you that we had to have those Hades, white versus black for us to get into the gray areas now because now things that question the morality of superheroes do we really need superheroes if we actually had superheroes do you think they'd be like Clark Kent no they'd be more like Mr. Brightburn yeah Bright, yeah Brightburn yeah. or uh, the guy in um, The but Boys I mean this is way off topic but it sort of goes back to this is what sort of Zack Schneider yeah. had in mind for his DC universe mm-hmm. to his portrayal of Superman it was like what is it to be a hero exactly i've always said it they should have let zach do i mean i'm here as well but yeah. let's not get yeah, into release the snyder cuts yeah. <laughs> uh so that is the news nd so we're going to head into the next segment on the show and that is the trailer park they've done studies you know 60 percent of the time it works every time that doesn't make sense Sandy. yes 
I mean, I think we were maybe a little quick, too quick to judge on Apple TV+. Plus. Mm-hmm. They had their launch, as we said last week, it was for us a sort of week launch. But they've hit us with three new trailers this week. Yes. And if you ask me, they all kind of look really good. It's so good. Like, I am smiling from ear to ear. And, like. and this is, as we've said last week, we want to be wrong. Exactly. We want to be wrong about these sort of things. Uh, so the first trailer is The Banker, and it's a movie starring Samuel L. Jackson, Anthony Mackie, and it is an original movie coming to Apple, but more importantly, it's actually coming out in cinemas as well. Nice. So this is Apple's way of saying, hey, Oscars, look at this movie. Mm-hmm. And first of all, the cast. The cast. Oh, this is a very good so movie. So this movie, it basically, it's about, it's based on a true story uh, about... Two black guys who are looking at uh, buying a bank, uh, but obviously through prejudice and all 1960s that. 1960s America. 1960s America. At the time, you know, it was very difficult for a black man to be the face of sort of businesses and stuff like that. So what do they do? <laughs> they got this white guy in who they're going to train to be the sort of face of the company, but really they're the ones running the ship. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as you can see, it's, it looks very political as well. Mm-hmm. It's got, uh, you could see s- certain themes that we're seeing now in the media and stuff for like that. But above all, the comedy's great. The drama looks good. And the, overall, this film looks great. Yeah. Yeah, it does look great. Um, I'm happy. I'm, I'm, we, like you said, we are happily wrong for all we said about them last week. This looks great. Um, it's based on a true story, you know. And um, the cast is great. It's funny. I was laughing all the way through the trailer. It's ex- it's I, I want to see this movie. I, I just want to see it. I just want to see it. And um, so it comes out in the cinema on December 6th. Is that the same day it's released under? Um, I'm not sure. I'll need to find that out. Probably not because they probably have to have a certain cinema length uh, period before they go onto the, the site. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, but you know what? I could be very tempted to see this in the cinema, this one. Yeah, I could. It's Christmas time. I mean, why not? Yeah, why not? I mean, it looks great. Yeah, I mean... This Samuel L. Jackson, the comedy he's doing is very Samuel. Mm-hmm. And it's like Apple have gone, let's get the best people for the roles we that these are. Yeah, exactly. The casting is just great. I want to see who the director is because I think he's done a great job. So, or she? Or she. Oh, or she. Damn, or she. Yes. Um... I mean, Apple TV Plus. Okay, and the next... And the next one. So we got another uh, movie. So it's called Hala. uh, And it's focused on a Muslim teenager. It's a coming-of-age story, basically. uh, But it's from the perspective of a Muslim teenager. Now, as we've always said, I think we've already said it on this show, the reason people don't know about about enough about certain things is because there's not enough movies about it. Mm -hmm. I think this is another step in the right direction. There, you know... The Muslim community now is very, you could say, hot topic yep. in the news uh, because of everything going on socially and politically. Um, but this looks like a really good movie to show that, no, these are people like you and me. They go through the same stuff we go through. Okay, slightly different here and there, but this is also another way of showing people like us and me, you know, I'll admit, of learning more about the Muslim culture and the community. Yeah. It's a very relevant film. It's a very relevant film. People need to watch it. People need to understand. Like you, know, like you just said, um, the Muslim community is being targeted like there are some, you see somebody, you know, that, like there are some alien species that is out to kill everybody that, you know, and that's not the case. There is 0.01% that are psychopaths. Like you have in every single 
group of people and um, somehow the, the world now just thinks that if, if you're Muslim you're a, a bad, terror, person, bad yeah. person and yeah. um, it just bad people are bad people bad people are bad people exactly white or black like it's just exactly the Muslims are just being targeted and just being they are just the easy target and um, it's so films like this would help to change the narrative because some people that may have these prejudices might do it because that's all they've seen and that's all they've heard they need films like this to say oh is this what these guys are going through oh there are people like us they go through the same things they have their own values the same way my family has values and you know so this is a very relevant film and i like it i think it was an adaptation from a short film um I, i'm almost certain i've seen a short film with the same um with the girl with the muslim girl who rides the roller the skates mm -hmm. and all of that so they've adapted it and it has jada pinkett smith she's she, a producer she's the yeah. producer on this so um so they've that means she's probably brought the best people to work on this together and it's really good i think i see what apple is going so they had um i was about to say i think we see what apple are trying to do here mm. and they are that kind of company yeah so because we've got hala uh, obviously the banker mm -hmm. uh, and then the morning show yep uh, what was it, Dickinson? Yeah, Dickinson as well. So you can see mm -hmm. what the kind the, of the, yeah the kind of yeah. content they're going to be producing, mm -hmm. which, as you said, is very Apple. Yes, it's, it's, Apple it's, is known for you know they like to bring the world together. You know, very uh, there's a lot of diversity within Apple. You know, that, that, that type good, of company that doing kind good, of, yeah. yeah, that kind of thing. So um, I'm really glad, and you know, even when we watch, I, we've not seen C. Have we? No, no, we've not. But maybe in inside that story, we could see um, that the story is actually um, an idiom for something um, bigger. You know, a metaphor for something that is in that same topic. That may be what C is about. I haven't seen it, so again, I can't judge like on the shows. Yeah, quality. but Apple, I'm I'm really glad. I'm just I'm just I'm happy, happy to be wrong. I'm just happy because it seems. And if that's the path they want to go with these shows, then good very good i love it that's actually what i would recommend for my mother yeah oh I mean, yeah definitely yeah exactly. I, yeah if this is what the kind of content this, they want yeah 100 i i agree i never really thought about it like if my mom says do you recommend anything to watch this would be great yeah, yeah. so yeah so I yeah i'm all for that so happily wrong so yeah the banker comes out in, in cinemas december 6th while hala comes on apple tv plus december 6th um and then a bit earlier than november that, 28th uh, so yeah a bit earlier than that november 28th we have Servant, the, the new series from M. Night Shyamala. So we watched the trailer, Andy. Yes. And from the, this is a creepy, creepy trailer. Mm -hmm. um, um, the story sort of goes that um, this uh, couple lost a baby. Mm -hmm. And then the, the wife took, uh, got a doll of the baby. And it's sort of like a, a soothing her through the, as, as she goes through grief. Yeah. And then they got this girl to sort of look after this doll. And then it goes into this really crazy psychological thriller, very M. Night Shyamala yeah. type of uh, story. Yeah, it's just, just picture this, guys, if you're listening. Imagine if M. Night Shyamala was told to direct an episode of um, Black Mirror. What would it be like? This is exactly what this film looks like. It has, you've not seen Black Mirror. No, I haven't. No. Yeah, so you won't get this. But anyone who's seen it, almost everybody on the planet i don't know what you're waiting for but it has this very unsettling comfort it's everything is quiet but inside you 
you feel like there's an explosion. You know something is about to happen. It's a very unsettling type of calm. It's an unsettling type of horror. So, um, yeah, definitely going to watch it. But it looks, um, it's classic Shyamalan, isn't it? It's classic Shyamalan. And I'm excited to see him going to TV. Yeah. Because this is going to be a series. It's a series. It's not even just a film. You know, yeah, it's, it's great. So, yeah, as we've said, we gave him a bit of slack at the beginning, but these three properties look very promising from our end here. Uh, so we're going to go into the next trailer, and that is Bad Boys for Life, the second trailer. And, I mean, what can we really say about this film other than it's a Bad Boys film? It's a Bad Boys film. I actually, this trailer, though, I preferred it than the first one. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, uh, maybe because our brains were still adjusting to it, mm-hmm. maybe that's why, because... Yeah, I think it was cut better. I think like the action and the jokes used in the trailer just felt better as it as it was going through it. Yeah. So I think on that element is a better trailer. Uh, this, I mean, the the story, it's it's you know what it is. It's just going to be Will Smith has been doing this. He kept going. Martin Lawrence's character has been retired, and then he's going to say, "You need to get out of retirement. One more mission," and it's explosions. Big booties, yep. <laughs> swear words, it's, it's bad boy, action. Yeah, like, they still have the Porsche. It's, I mean, it's just going to be a bad boy movie. What more can we say? If you've seen the first one, you'll know what we mean. Yeah, it's, well, the first two. Sorry, the first two, you'll know what we mean. It's um, it's just like Hobbs and Shaw or Fast and Furious, over, over the top action, explosions and slow motion. And the good thing is that this movie knows exactly what it is. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like they're, they're not mis-selling you on what this movie's going to be. They've like, got John, uh, Michael Bay to direct exactly. it for crying out loud. Yeah. Of course it's going to so be. So you, you know what this movie's going to be. Uh, so that comes out uh, January 17th. You know what? This one, I, I think I will go to the cinema. The bad boy? Yeah. Just because it's a Michael Bay movie. I don't... Explosions. I, loud. I mean, I don't know. Not me. Me, I will wait for the DVD. While that one gives us a action-packed emotional roller coaster, this one will just tear us to pieces, and that is the new Pixar movie Soul. Uh, the new trailer came out, and man, it was a really interesting trailer. How it's mainly focused on music, mm. uh, and again, going back to what we we're saying about Apple, this looks more uh, from the perspective of a uh, black guy. Mm-hmm who is wanting to basically do better and telling people do better with your life. Do the thing that makes you, you know, what you love the most. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we get into the more what we recognize as the Pixar thing where he falls down this hole yep. and he he could be a soul. Yep. I don't know what it is, but this movie from just this trailer, it's just a teaser really. Mm-hmm. I know I'm going to be in tears. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just a Pixar like. Yeah, I mean, the moment I saw from the people that gave you um inside out. inside out i i mean i was like okay shut up and take my money the folks that did inside out to me is that film is one of the best films ever you know so in my I agree. top 100 so if they can bring that level of whatever inside out was about then it's a it, it, maybe what we can't even say much about this film. It's going to be a hit. Yeah, I saw someone online uh, c- called Pixar. Your emotional terrorists. Hey, no, exactly. <laughs> like, no. like they just get you. They know how to do it. You can't watch this thing. You will cry. They'll just. It doesn't matter how old you are. Yeah. Like it's it. it you just they just break you apart. Yeah, right? exactly. And like the thing is, the Disney films don't always do that, but the Pixar, Pixar films. Yeah. They kill it every time. There's just something in that studio mm-hmm. that it just works. Yeah. It's magic every time. Like The people who work in Pixar must be very happy. 
Oh yeah. Yeah, they've ju- they've just kept them happy. They got hit after hit. Like, yeah, to just do what they are doing. So there is a lot. Like when they, you see when those cartoons, you know, t- towards the final act of the film of those Pixar films, there's usually an emotional moment in between the which third just act. gets you. Yeah. Hey, it will uh, it breaks you. Then the person cried, and the music comes in. Oh man. So and this film, it's a teaser, so we don't even know what it's. Yeah, about. we don't know the story at all. Yeah. But it has every the makings of another, exactly. and it also movie. had the right amount of humor that we saw with that little thing yeah. when she was dancing, mm-hmm. and it, that's just typical Pixar humor that kids will find funny and adults will find funny as well. Yeah. We will definitely when the actual trailer comes out, we'll definitely review it. On oh trailer yeah, park. yeah, one hundred percent. So for this movie, like you said, take my money. Mm-hmm. And the last trailer we have is a completely different movie, and that is The Invisible Man. Mm. Starring Elizabeth Moss. Now, Andy, it wasn't that long ago where we reported that uh, Leia... Br- uh, I can't remember the director's name. I think it's Leia Brackets or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, where they were going to do uh, The Invisible Man. Yeah. So this is the person who did Upgrade. Mm-hmm. That fantastic sci-fi movie that both of us that love and that everybody missed. Yeah. They just it, I can't believe people have missed this movie. It's so good. Uh, but anyway, they were going to do The Invisible Man, and then all of a sudden, I just the trailer dropped, and I was like, whoa, that was quick. Like, only just a few months ago, I heard you were getting the script ready, and they've shot the movie. It's, it's pretty much, well, they're probably still in the post-production phase, mm-hmm. but we got a trailer, and this looks good, Andy. Yes. I mean, what, what do you have to say about this trailer? I mean, when I heard Invisible Man, I thought it would be followed the original Invisible Man story, which was great, and they had this show in the early... decades ago and it was really creepy and I thought that was what it was going to be but from the first scene I knew it wasn't because first of all this was shot in America the original was an English story and everything but this looks good it looks creepy as hell horror with a bit of sci-fi sci-fi yeah it's just um, the invisible man thing I would have if I was the director I would have just made it more mysterious I feel the fact that they told us it was her husband and they told us how he died and they told us his motivation. Yeah, maybe the trailer gave away a bit yeah, too much. Yeah, gave a bit too much. Yeah. I feel I c- that, okay, I can see that. Yeah, yeah. The, if they added a bit more mystery and revealed it in the story, I think that would have been better mm-hmm. way to sell it. But from what we saw, it's, it's going to be a good film. Yeah, I didn't yeah. think about it that way. But now that you mention it, yeah, they kind of did release maybe a bit too much. They could have left that plot point for the movie. But other than that, this movie looks great. And I'm really happy that they've actually decided to go this route because we had that, um, was it Dark Universe, it was called? Yeah. Where they were going to, the Universal were going to do the monster franchise, you know, and they had, we had The Mummy with Tom Cruise, uh, Russell Crowe, Javier Bardem was going to be Frankenstein, and uh, Johnny Depp was going to be The Invisible Man. Mm-hmm. That just collapsed, as we saw. And I think the reason it collapsed, and this is a good response to it, is because... They were trying to make those movies big blockbuster action type of movies. Yeah. When at the core of those characters, it's not that at all. It's a horror movie. You yeah. know, it's and, and this it looks relatively low budget. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's gonna very few cast. It looks like there's gonna be four, four five, four, six, four, yeah. five yeah, maximum, you know, you know. But it's mainly the main character of Elizabeth Moss. Mm-hmm. That's what a, these type of characters should rely on, the small story on a small scale. Exactly. And Joker has just proved that you can actually do it and everybody will respond to it. You don't have to do those big, big 
things because like you said the core these stories are very actually the story of um the invention with the original story takes place in a village these are very at a time when london was very cram-packed that's when those stories were written and um so it doesn't need the world breaking no we don't need that set piece uh, we spoke about it last week but we're getting that with bbc and dracula yes it's a very similar thing small, small scale yeah i think you're right because we've gone away from the whole good blow up everything that was with the whole marvel marvel won that battle i think now let's all rein it in so i think maybe we'll be seeing more of this kind of we'll start seeing films mm. we'll exactly but yeah. but i think especially with these properties the horror properties the the original monsters i think you need to keep it definitely those small scale yeah we've we've seen that the smaller horror movies tend to do better yeah yeah i mean even get out small small up uh, sorry not up us up is by pixar yeah, <laughs> that's <sorry>. definitely <laughs> not a horror movie i meant us us yeah us all these little small movies they've been making a lot of headway so i think yeah this is good this is good so and that's it indeed that is the end of the trailer park so we're going to get into the final segment on the show, and that is What's Coming. You could ask yourself a question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? So, Andy, yes. this is it. We are days now, days away. I, I believe when this episode, when you're listening to this episode, it will be the day before. Disney Plus drops. Yes. Not worldwide, though. Not over here not, in, not the here UK, in the UK. Mm -hmm. But in uh, America, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, and the Netherlands. Yes. It'll be dropping November 12th. Um, with, obviously, oh, <laughs> as man, we've spoken countless so times, lucky. so much content from Disney, Pixar, Lucasfilm, Marvel Studios, uh, all that great stuff. Uh, but one series in particular that's leading the front end and that one that we're probably most excited for and most people yep. i would say are most excited for is of course the mandalorian the mandalorian well, it's it's really for me as a huge star wars fan it's weird to think man i'm about to get a star wars tv show yep it's just a, a bit jarring I, it's still because it's days away it's like what i mean i i think it's almost how we were just before joker came out how we were like three days more two days more and um it's finally out i mean it's not released here in the uk no i mean we've said before it, it, when you ha when you deal with huge properties like this star wars especially where it's also very centric around spoilers mm -hmm. and what the way the internet is now i'm i'm sorry but people will find a way to watch this content not us but you know People will find a way. I mean, I'll find a way. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am, I'm sorry, but I, I, I will find a way to watch this. Uh, but we can say that it is, uh, we have official dates now. So Disney Plus does come to this side of the pond uh, on March 31st, 2020. Right, basically April 1st. Basically April 1st. So not Because they didn't want to make it an April Fool's joke. <laughs> this is, uh, so that's why they did it the day before. It's, it's, it's actually happening. Okay, that's a good one. Uh, but man, I'm so, so pumped for the Mandalorian like this you know we, we're, we're hearing a lot of people say this but like this seems like my type of Star Wars you know this is the the stuff in the Star Wars universe because it is so vast that I really like the bounty hunters the scum the villainy and they'll give us one episode 
per week. So yeah, so we're actually get, well. Th- the first week we got two episodes. Yeah. So we got uh, on launch on the Tuesday twelfth we have episode one, and then on uh, the, f- the Friday the fifteenth we also have episode two. Right. It's just um, stay away from spoilers. You just, I mean, you can't. Uh, well, are we supposed to wait till April to watch? That's it? what I mean. What are they saying, man? Like, it doesn't make sense. Like, it doesn't make sense. But we, it's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. I mean, uh, like I said, I've been more looking forward to this than the Rise of Skywalker, mm-hmm. and I just have this inkling. I, I just think from everything we've seen all the people involved, everything that's been said about this show, I just think it's going to be great. I think we're all going to love it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Can't wait to talk about it. Yeah, yeah we'll and see. in the cinemas, uh, we've got a couple of films coming out, and that is, the first one is Little Monsters, the new movie uh, with Lupita Nyong'o. Uh, we love the trailer when we reviewed it here, so it's just, <laughs> she's looking after these kids in like this uh, adventure place, and then <laughs> a zombie outbreak happens try to save the kids save basically the kids and, and they're totally unaware yeah keep, <laughs> keep, keep them sane sane while this uh, <laughs> so it looks like a lot of fun i think i'll definitely be checking that one out uh and also another one i'm really looking forward to is le mans 66 uh, formerly titled ford v ferrari uh, the new movie starring matt damon and christian bale this one is making uh, a lot of oscar sort of sniffs like everyone's saying this is one to definitely look for especially at least a nomination mm-hmm. uh, and the performances from christian bale and matt damon are stellar okay so yeah i'm definitely looking forward to that one nice but i mean for me this week is the mandalorian it's all right? about the mandalorian, the mandalorian. Isn't it? nothing else matters nothing like, else does you could release the trailer of it, i don't care what it does, yeah disney released. owns this week yeah just don't release your trailer this week. If you're a studio, just just respect yourself and just because everybody's going to be on Disney. Yeah, Plus. nobody's going to care about your movie. <laughs> yeah, Disney owns the world. Uh, they pay us all. Bless. Them. <laughs> I wish they did, man. <laughs> okay, Andy. So that is the end of the show. Uh, plenty of news, plenty of trailers, and plenty to look forward to in the coming weeks. But before we head off, Andy, where can the lovely people out there find you? You can find me on Twitter at Zunduaj. That's at N D U A J. And you can also find me on Twitter and Instagram at Sweaty Jake. And it's the cold, wet season. So snuggle up in bed, listen to all our episodes that you can find on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever you use to stream podcasts. Uh, And we will be back with you next week with a brand new episode. So until then, see you later.